out to come forth today. And even though the enemy has tried to fight it in different ways at various times, he is a loser. And what I thank you for in advance, God, is that your people are going to hear you clearly today. And they're not going to just be hearers of the word, but doers as well. Somebody shout, I'm a doer of the word. I'm a doer. Thank you, God, for that. For people who passionately, madly love you. Because you passionately and madly love them first. We thank you for this word today. So grateful for all the fathers in the house. Thank you for real men who love their children, who nurture their children and mentor their children, provide for their children, protect their children, take care of their houses, love their wives as Christ loved the church. Bless them, God, all over the world. Thank you for them. Do great things for them. Encourage them, God. Let them know that you see them <laughs> and that you will reward their efforts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Can we give a hand praise to God for all the fathers in the house? Let's thank God for the fathers. Amen. Dads, we love you guys. God bless you. We love you. Happy Father's Day to all of you. Before we go forward, happy Father's Day to all of you. We thank God for you. So grateful for you, for all of the dads that came out yesterday to the uh, Father's Day luncheon. God bless you. I hope you enjoyed the meal and the fellowship. It was mostly just an opportunity for us to just say thank you. Sometimes dads get overlooked, you know. And uh, Mother's Day messages are sweet messages of encouragement, praising that woman who goes out and toils with her hands and, and her children and her husband rise up and call her blessed. And then we fuss at the men. We wait till June and we get all over the men like they're dirty, no good for nothings, but not here to real life. Thank y'all. Y'all some amazing guys. I love y'all. You fellas around real life, you show what it's really like. I appreciate y'all for that. Thank y'all for being real dads and real men. Amen. Titus 2.11. Titus 2.11 is where we'll start. I want to thank God for Elder Johnson who inspired me. Inspiration comes from a lot of places. When I was teaching a minister's class, I used to tell them all the time that inspiration comes from everywhere. Things you read, things you see, things you hear. Scripture, the news, current event. Inspiration comes from all over. It can even come from people who do the wrong thing. Amen. Always be in a place where you can learn something. Even somebody you think is stupid can teach you something. Amen. You know, people say stuff like, I'm, I'm not preaching yet, but I'm just laying out just little tidbits of wisdom. People say, I can't hear nothing from them. Stop saying that. I can't receive nothing from them. Okay. Once, once upon a time, a donkey told a man, don't go that way. What you beat me for? So you can learn. You can learn from a donkey. That's all I'm going to say about that. Some of y'all might go the wrong way with it, but you could learn from amen. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Now, listen to this now. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly 
in this present world. Looking for that blessed hope, or as we say when we get King James, blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. You ever wonder why we say blessed only when we read the Bible? How you doing? Oh, I'm blessed. Wouldn't sound right. Looking for that blessed hope, blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Thank you, Lord, for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to preach from the topic this morning, in this present world. In this present world. This is a continuation of our series, Sold Out. How many of y'all are sold out? Sold out. This is, this is an amazing series, and I'm grateful to God for challenging us over the last two weeks and again on today. You ever wonder why? Well, do you? Not rhetorical. It's a real question. You ever just sit sometimes and just wonder why? You ever wonder why you were born during this time? You ever think about that? Why was I born now? Why was I born now? You ever wonder why you live to see this day? Those of you who saw Martin Luther King preach, those of you who were here at the time that John F. Kennedy was assassinated, those of you who saw and African-Americans were able to go to any bathroom and drink from any water fountain. You ever wonder why you're living when the Supreme Court changed the rules? When we're arguing over which bathroom who can use? Oh, come on, don't get quiet on me, church. Y'all not scared to talk about that, are you? You ever wonder why we live in this day when all of the morals and all of the things of God seem like trash to the world? You ever wonder why you made it this far to get to this? Anybody ever wonder? Anybody ever wonder why you were born again in this time? You ever wonder, you ever wonder why, why God didn't, didn't let you be born in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a more pure time? When happy days and Mark and Mindy and Oh, talk to me. Uh, uh, leave it to Beaver. And, uh, clean TV. No cussing. When Ricky and Lucy slept in separate beds. Oh, y'all ain't going to help me no more. Because morality was so high, they wouldn't even let them be seen sleeping in the same bed. Mm, all you know is that little Ricky showed up one day and... It, I wish I had a witness here. You never saw what went on to make little Ricky. He just, he just appeared one day. I don't know what I'm talking about. And now we got real housewives of New York, Atlanta, L.A., basketball wives, 
scandal. How to get away with murder. Uh, what's that other one? Empire. Now we see all manner of stuff. One time I remember when I first heard the D word on TV. My hair stood up on end. Not a saying all kind of stuff. The other day on BET the boy cussed. He said a word. I said oh Lord Jesus had to come this far. You ever wonder why? You were born again now? Well, do you? You ever think about that? You ever think about, God, why did you save me from sin? Redeem me with the blood of the Lamb. Fill me with the Holy Ghost to let me live in an age like this. People always talk about how bad things are. But have you ever wondered why you are here now, come on, you ever wonder about it? You ever sit down and, and think about it, your sanctified mind, and ask God, God, why am I saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and all this power, this mighty burning fire oh, oh, from the heavens? It's like fire. Shut up in my bone. You ever wonder why you were called to preach now? Why you receive prophetic visions now? Why you have a word of wisdom now? You ever wonder why you call to lead worship now? You ever wonder why you're a part of the church now? Let me, let me lay, let me give you something to help you feel. My dad and I say this all the time. I, I tell my dad stuff that's true, and I say, I don't know if that's going to help any. If it's going to make you feel any better. And sometimes he says, he says no, we're done. And he does the same thing with me. I'm going to tell you something. I don't know if it's going to make you feel any better, but every age there ever was had some stuff to deal with. This is not germane. To just this time, there's always been evil because there's always been an enemy. There's always been something to deal with. What we see in the open now was undercover ages ago. It doesn't mean it didn't exist. So holy people had to be holy people in whatever age they were in. This just happens to be yours. Mother said it just a moment ago. I didn't have it in my spirit until she spoke it. There is no new thing. Under the sun, you know how we said, the game is still the same. Nothing has changed but the players. They're still doing the same stuff. They're still saying the same stuff. They're still thinking the same stuff. It's just new people. And every generation, it goes to another level. Because it seems like to me that the less we live, the more they live. Somebody shout, sold out. 
The Bible says that you are the light of the world. Talk to me, somebody. Tap your neighbor. Tap him. Don't slap him. Tap him and say, you are the light of the world. Seems like to me God's got a solution for all this darkness. Oh, somebody grab your neighbor, shake them, and say, you are it. You are it. Uh, talking about how dark it is. Come on, shine then. Uh, if you ain't scared of your neighbor, tap them and say, shine then. Get your, get your shine on. Mm, you've been promoted and blessed and all this stuff. Living in that nice neighborhood. Shine off up in there. Shine in the project. Shine in the gated community. Shine wherever you go. Shine from the back of a truck. Shine if you're in the truck. Shine if you're on the truck. Shine. Somebody shout shine. That's the answer for darkness. Because I'm going to tell you, darkness is not only in the hood. There's some darkness where rich people live. That's why some of us, God's going to bless us with wealth so we can get to the wealthy, dark places. Put you in the boardroom so you can shine in the boardroom. Hallelujah, Jesus. And right here from real life, it's going to happen. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Look at that now. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, what do they do? They put it on its stand and it gives lights to what? Everyone in the house. We read this the first week we started this. Didn't we? Uh, in the same way, what? Let your light. Let it, let it, let it, let it, let your light. Let it, let it, let it, let it, let your light. I said, let it, let it, let it. And it didn't say the light's going to overtake you. It didn't say the light's going to shine on its own. It said, let it. Stop stopping it. Let your light so shine that men may see your good deeds and do what? Glorify the Father in heaven. That's what happens. You're supposed to let your light shine. You are a light, but you got to let it shine. Stop impeding it. Stop holding it back. Stop getting into certain environments and then turning your light down. Come on here. You need to have one. You need to have one light level, and that's bright. Come on. We don't need to be like them lights with dimmers on it. Come on in here. Look at your neighbor and say, no more dimmers. No more dimmers. Come on. I ain't got but a little while. Y'all better help me preach. I just got a few more minutes. Look at your neighbor and say, no more dimmers. No more dimmers. Don't you dim your light when you get around certain family members. Don't you dim your light when you get around certain friends. Don't you dim your light because you're around somebody that you think will be able to help you to get to the next level. You better shine. And if they don't like you too bad, too sad, you know that God's got somebody else in the, in the wings waiting to come and do for you what they refuse to do for you. Don't you trust yourself to get yourself to the next level. For promotion comes not from the east, the west, the north, or the south. But promotion comes from the almighty God. Some Somebody say amen. If he can take David from the wilderness to the palace, then certainly he can take you from obscurity and give you prosperity. Somebody shout yes. Look at your neighbor and say, no more dimmers, no more dimmers, no more dimmers, no more turning my light down, no more adjusting my life in order to make people, people feel comfortable. They don't adjust their life to make me feel comfortable. The devil is a liar. I am saved. I am sanctified. I am Holy Ghost filled. Jesus is Lord. Yes, I said Jesus, not God. I said Jesus.
Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except by him. I'm not going to say God to make you feel comfortable. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. He's the only way. We're not going to bow to conventionalism, Matt. We're not going to bow to this. We are Christians. And we're proud of Christ. Call us what you may. Call us weak. Call us silly. But call us. The more you talk about us, it means you're paying us some attention. Because I'm going to tell you, they don't talk about insignificant people. Can I minister to somebody in here? Somebody talking about you? That means you're doing something. They don't, listen, they don't make remarks about unremarkable people. If you're unremarkable, they won't remark about you. Hey, go abortion. Somebody say, I'm sold out. See, this is my last Sunday to do this. Elder Darren coming next Sunday, so I'm going to get everything in me out before my turn is over. Amen. And I got a lot in me today. Oh, God, help me, Holy Ghost. Oh, God. Somebody say, I'm saved. I'm sanctified. I'm Holy Ghost filled. I don't have to put on an act. Try to prove my holiness. Washed in the blood. Sorry. Philippians 2.15 says that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke. In the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom, watch, ye shine as lights in the world. Blameless, harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Boy, it seemed like he was living today. But he says, among whom you shine as lights in the world. You all mixed up in it. All bright and stuff. He, he prayed to the Father. Jesus prayed to the Father. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. I'm just asking you to keep them from the evil. <laughs> Leave them there. Because if you take them out of the pot, it'll have no seasoning. You take them out of the world, there'll be no light. 
It is also said in the Bible that in the beginning, John 1, 1 through 5, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not I like the way the message Bible says it sister Palmer you in here where are you sister Palmer you here the message Bible said the life light blazed out of the darkness the darkness couldn't put it out it don't matter how dark it get it can't stop you from shining it It said Jesus was the light, and the darkness could not comprehend him. They could not put him out. They put him on the cross. They put a crown of thorns in his head. They pierced his side, nails in his hands and in his feet, and he gave up the ghost. They didn't kill him. He gave up the ghost. They cannot put the light out. They thought they had the light out. For three days. But on the third day. The light rose. Now the light is changing lives all over the world. The light can't be put out. No matter how dark it gets. Y'all stay with me now. Somebody say I'm sold out. Glory to God. You see, Jesus is that light. And he had to be Jesus in his day. Listen to me now. Because we talk about how tough things are now. We're looking at the world and we're talking about how bad the world is. But Jesus had to be Jesus in his day. Uh-huh. And with all that was going on in the world at the time, he wasted no time talking about how bad it was. You'll see Jesus walking around saying, Lord, have mercy. Look at him. Look at the way these Pharisees act. And look at these Sadducees. And he, he didn't walk around. He, he wasn't tweeting and Facebooking about how bad things were. He wasn't Snapchatting. Look at this. Instagramming. We talk more about the problem and have no solution. Don't get quiet, church. Instead of complaining, he spent his time being Jesus. Every waking moment, he was Jesus everywhere he went. At the wedding in Cana of Galilee, at the well with the woman, in front of the grave when Lazarus died, when he walked by the woman of Nain's uh, funeral procession and touched the sun and he got up. He acted like Jesus when he walked out there and the man was cutting himself in the tomb. He acted like Jesus when he was out there walking on the water. He acted like Jesus when he was at Peter's house and, his, and Peter's mother-in-law had a fever and he healed her of it. He acted like Jesus when they called him the devil. Come on, he acted like Jesus when they were whipping him with a cat of nine tails. No matter what situation you put him in, he always acted like Jesus. I guess what I'm trying to say, if you go on and be who God called you to be, when God called you to be wherever God puts you, then it doesn't matter where you are because you are you no matter where you are. You're you at church. You're you at home. You're you at the job. You're you when you're somebody cussing you out. You're you when you've come on here. You're you when you're feeling sorry for yourself. In fact, you are you when you don't even feel like you. 
You are a Christian under all conditions, under all circumstances. Stuff changes. You don't. Your identity is in Christ. Let this world do what it does. It's been doing that for years. Ask Mother Trapio. She'll tell you some stories that'll probably blow your mind. We think this stuff is new. Read, research about Roman society. Do some reading, read. They, they, you think what we're doing now is tough. Murder was happening back then. They just did it with a knife. Liquor store on every store. Shine houses. Shot houses. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Speaky, come on here. Little places where you could go. The juke joint. Clubs ain't new. Getting drunk ain't new. Getting high ain't new. We act like this stuff new. Every generation had something to deal with. Every generation of believers had darkness to shine in. Jesus says, you're the light. Colossians 1.27 in the HCSB, the Holman Bible says, God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of his mystery, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. Christ in you is the hope. You carry hope. People are hopeless. They don't know which way to turn. They don't know what to do. You, are, you have hope in you. Christ in you. The what? Hope of what? Glory. San Bernardino. 9-11. Look at what we've seen. Look at the things we've seen. Orlando. Little babies being dragged into the water by gators. A man walking into a club, irregardless of their lifestyle. A man walking into the club, because that could happen, that job could happen anywhere. Charleston 9, I was going there next, sister, but help me preach anyway. In Bible study, praising God, reading the word. Joker sets up in there the whole time. Act like he's one of them. Wolf in sheep's clothing. The Bible said that time was coming. We're seeing the stuff we see. We're supposed to be light. Oh, Charleston lit it up. We forgive. The world was shocked. My good friend, Pastor Manuel, I, I love him. I've known him for years. His daughter was murdered. He got on the news and said, I forgive her. 
And everybody was like, hmm? But she killed your daughter. I forgive. Walking downtown one day, and a man said, hey, you that guy. He said, what you mean, you that guy? You the, I saw you on the news. You forgave the woman who murdered your daughter. So I was sitting there saying, I got to get my life together. Because I'm mad at my brother over something that's way less than that. So I said to myself, self, if this man can forgive the woman who killed his daughter, certainly I can forgive my brother for what he did to me. See, a light ain't no good unless there's some darkness around. Ain't no use in shining in church and then cutting it off when trouble comes. In this world, ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, Jesus said. I have already overcome. Oh, I feel like preaching. I, I feel like going back to my Baptist roots. Somebody shout yes. Jesus said there was going to be trouble. Somebody say, that's why we're here. That's why when we got saved, he didn't just whisk us off to heaven. All oh, us go to heaven. What's going to happen to the world? How people going to know about Jesus? How somebody going to see the right way to be married? How somebody going to know what love looks like if all of us just get saved and then beam me up? You ever wonder about that, Nelson? Why don't you just beam us straight up? Get us out of here. He says that that grace. In the scripture, he said there was grace. Let me go back. I want to read that. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation appeared to all men. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly, ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present world. Grace. Somebody say grace. grace. Talking about that grace, that charis. Caris, goodwill, favor. Did you know that grace is one of the distinctive features of the religion of the Bible? It's distinct. No other system of religious thought, past or present, contains an emphasis on divine grace comparable to that of the Bible. None. There is no other belief system that emphasizes grace the way the Bible does. Oh, this is good teaching right here. Grace is the dimension of divine activity that enables God to confront human indifference and rebellion with an inexhaustible capacity to forgive and bless. It is God gracious in action. Grace is showing us that through divine initiative, Human alienation from God is turned by him into a state of unmerited acceptance that opens the way for reconciliation and redemptive usefulness. What are you saying, Pastor Taylor? It takes us from a place where we were his enemies. And then we become his children. That's what grace does. Even when we were his enemies, Christ died for us. That's grace. Only reason you're here and saved today is because of grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound to save a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found with blind, but now I see. 
That's grace. Somebody said that's grace. Mm-hmm. Wasn't even thinking about the Lord. Went to church because somebody invited me. Walked down the aisle and gave my life to Jesus. That's grace. The fact that you ain't still out there smoking weed and shooting stuff up by your arms. Somebody said that's grace. The fact that we're still alive right now. Bullets flying over our head back in the day. Do you know what I'm talking about? And you're alive today and because you're faster and quicker than anybody else. That ain't nothing but grace. Oh, I, I, don't know about, I don't know about you, but the fact that I didn't die of HIV and AIDS and all kinds of other stuff, I want to say amazing grace, how sweet the sound, because I didn't always live this way, didn't always preach, wasn't born with a microphone in my hand and a Bible in the other, come on here somebody, I lived in the world, I was of the world, I wasn't just in it, I was of it, I was a part of it, I was promoting it, I was pushing it, I was producing it, and then the grace of God. Anybody else, that's your testimony degree. So nobody in here can act like they're better than anybody else because it was grace for everybody. Somebody said grace all around. I don't know how it is we get saved and then we're trying to be, you know what I'm saying, stuck up saved. With our religious noses in the air. Like that wasn't, what, that wasn't us. First lesson we got here and such were some of you. Salvation, it brought salvation. Somebody said grace brought salvation. This grace that brought salvation. Salvation here describes the mean that produces the state of being preserved from danger or judgment. That's what salvation is. It is the means that produces the state of being preserved and danger uh, uh, from danger and judgment. It, it, it appeared means that it has been revealed. In the Greek, it is epipano, which is to show oneself. So it says the grace that brings about the condition where we're not going to be judged, it showed itself. What is it saying? Jesus appeared to the world. One time it was just word, but the word became flesh and dwelt among men and we beheld the glory come on here uh, that that only is pertaining to the father you see the grace showed itself oh y'all got to catch this it says for listen listen to the NIV Titus 2 11 it says for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people what did that mean Jesus was here he showed himself he showed up and he said I am the way to salvation remember he said I am the way the truth and the life no man cometh to the father except what by me so he is the means of salvation or protection from danger and judgment only Jesus and it says he's been revealed to everybody y'all gotta get this here watch it everybody everybody's had a chance people just denying him for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Judgment is not coming because there wasn't a Jesus. Judgment is coming because they love darkness rather than light. He came, light came, but they loved the darkness too much in order to let the light change them. And I'm scared that the same thing is happening in the household of faith. That we see the light, but we won't come to it. Go to the light, Caroline. Go to the light. Go to the light. I don't want to call your name because I don't want nobody to get mad at me in here. But I wish some of us would be a man enough, a woman enough to let the man of God call your name. Since I can't call your name, call your own name. Go to the light. 
Because you know if I call some folk name, they might never come back. So call your own name. Go to the light, Paul. Go to the light. Said the reason that they were condemned, Nelson, is not because there was no light. But because they loved darkness rather than light. That's the reason they won't come to Jesus, Sister Ethel, because they love darkness too much. But it doesn't mean you stop shining. It don't mean to forgive up, you give up on them. Say they ain't worth nothing, they ain't going to ever make it. Oh, gosh. How much time I got? You don't, you don't just quit. You don't just stop going in the family reunion. You just take your own clear cup. I was going to say something, but no, I, no, I, mm -mm. no, I ain't released to say that because mm -mm. they might get took all wrong. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for stopping me. I asked him to just have me say what he wanted, and he did just that just now, just that quick. See, 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 we, we look at stuff, we look at situations, we look at the world, and we say it's hopeless. But Jesus just was so Jesus that he impacted 12 men. One of which betrayed him. And, 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 and it was said about these men one time in the book of Acts. That these men have turned the world upside down. And they say, and they come here now. They were scared that they were about to turn their city upside down too. They had a reputation that wherever they went, they turned stuff upside down. Which really meant they turned it right side up. Because it was already upside down. Oh, that we had that reputation. We don't want to be an outsider. You're already one. Can I tell you something? You don't, you don't fit in. You a right foot trying to get into a left shoe. That don't even work for you. Come on. How many of y'all, come on, just let's, can I have a question and answer real quick? How many of y'all know you don't fit in with that stuff no more? You in the picture at the place, you look at the picture and you're saying, what in the world was I doing there? Anybody ever did that in your lifetime? Sitting in, sitting in the place with the people, talking like them, acting like them. And all along in your mind, you're saying, now you know this is as stupid as it can be. This is just the dumbest thing I ever did, said, or thought. What am I doing here? You don't fit in. You got too much Jesus in you. got too much Jesus in you. And you remember he don't have no open door policy. He ain't coming in and out. He's staying. You don't fit in anymore. You're ruined. Ruined for the world. I know it ain't a word, but I'm saying it anyway. Ruined. 
You ain't no more good for that stuff. Somebody say, I ain't no more good for that. Such an anointing on you. <laughs> Come on in. Telling you who you are. Got too much Jesus in you to fit in with the world. Y'all know it's true. Sticking out like a sore thumb. It doesn't work anymore. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Stop trying to dumb down your, your, who you are so other people can feel comfortable. Agents of change make people uncomfortable. Make them question their current position and thinking. That's what I love about people who are where I want to be. They make me feel like I ain't doing nothing. You, you need to listen. Let me tell you, if you ain't around somebody that don't make you feel like you need to do better, you need to get some new associates and friends. Some people you need, you need if you, oh God, I wish I had. See, when I hear my pastor preach, I feel like I need to study. And when I hear the bishop preach, I feel like I need to get saved. You got to have somebody like that in your life. And that's what you are to people in the world. You're supposed to make them look at themselves in light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not feel okay. Jesus said, if you wasn't one of mine, they would love you. But they hate you because they hated me. I got to hurry, Ed. I got to hurry. Teaching us, verse 12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. What is this saying? Teaching us that we should first, first of all, we should deny ungodliness. Ungodliness is unrighteousness by virtue of not giving proper respect to God in his word. That's what this grace that brought salvation taught us. It taught us that we should deny ungodliness. We should deny that unrighteousness by virtue of not giving proper respect to God and to his word. What else are we denying? Worldly lust. Those are the desires and the cravings and the pursuits of the world. You shouldn't want what the world wants. You shouldn't like what the world likes. Entertaining to them but not to us. We should feel right uncomfortable with what makes them comfortable. Somebody say, I'm sold out. Certain conversations ought to bother you. Mm, Jesus. Certain things you see in the world ought to upset you. Mm, say amen. I'll never forget the day I was in food line. I'll never forget it. I called my wife when I saw it. I saw a mother and a daughter, both with a midriff shirt on. I called my wife and I said, that ain't cute. What is this mom teaching her baby? 
The scripture said when Paul saw that the city was wholly given to adultery, it troubled him. We can't get so used to what we see until we write it off as ordinary. It should trouble us. The reason that it seems ordinary is because we've given up. We feel like it's too much. He says, I've overcome it already. Ah, I got to hurry, I got to hurry, I got to hurry. We should live soberly. Somebody say soberly. That means with self-control and sound moral judgment. Self-control wanted to fruit of the spirit. Self-control. Self. Control. Ooh, self-control. Not the Holy Ghost made me do it. Well, but I submitted to the power of the Holy Ghost. I made up my own mind that I wanted to live for Jesus. Can I get a witness in here? I, I made my own mind that I wasn't going to cuss like that because both cursings and blessings should not come out of the same fountain. I, I made my mind up. I remember the, come on, the, the, the spirit reminded me of the word and then I decided to adjust my action to line up with the word of God. The Holy Ghost ain't making you do nothing. If you did it, you did it because you decided to submit to the power of the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost doesn't force us to do anything. Somebody said the Holy Ghost kept me from saying no. The Holy Ghost reminded you that you weren't supposed to say it and you shut your mouth somebody shout self-control good moral judgment morality is not out of style it's not subjective people don't get to choose what's right and what's wrong for themselves There was a man, Robbie Zacharias. You ever heard of him? Robbie Zacharias, great, great Bible teacher. Robbie Zacharias was standing up one day. He was, he was, he was doing a talk. Eddie was doing a talk, and and and, uh, and 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 a young man came to give question and answer, question and answer. And the young man came up and stood in the aisle, right about where Brother Brinson is, and, and he said, he said, "What is it with you Christians um, that y'all wanted wanted to be moral absolutes? Um, that there's absolute right and absolute wrong. What are y'all afraid of?" Um, what are you afraid of? And Robbie Zacharias uh, stood there for a moment. And see, the scripture says, be, be, be slow, to, uh, uh, slow to speak. Um, so he sat there for a moment, and he just, he thought about that thing. You can see, you can see the wheels turning in his mind. And I was saying, I can't wait to see what he says. And, and, and when, he, when, he, when he got done thinking, he stepped forward, and he said, well, uh, young man, let me ask you a question. When you, when you go to bed at night in your house, um, um, do you uh, lock all your doors and put all your windows down and lock those too and, and, and turn on your alarm system and the young man said why yes I do and he says oh, why do you do that what are you afraid of he said I'll tell you what you're afraid of you're afraid that someone will come into your home in the middle of the night and do you and your family harm so you lock everything down you see because you don't trust people to be able to judge between right and wrong because it might be right for them to come in your house knock you over your head and take all your stuff and abuse your daughters and your wife it might be right to another man so since it ain't right to you you lock your house there must be absolute right and wrong 
I just thought I'd throw that out there. Somebody said, I got to live righteously. That means you're supposed to live like someone who's been justified. And then last, I got to live godly. That means I have to respect God and reflect his, I have to respect God and reflect his glory in the world. Looking for that blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of what good works. See, we're looking for that blessed hope every day we live. I talk to people all the time. And I say stuff like, uh, ain't long now. Remember me and you had a conversation? And you talked to me about something that happened, and I said, ain't long now. Ain't long now. Jesus got to be coming back. It's just, it's happening at too quick a pace. I don't know the day nor the hour, but it feels soon. Don't get scared. It says we're looking. Somebody say, I'm looking. See, this is how Christians are supposed to live. We're supposed to live looking. You ready? You already ready? It says, wait, it, it, the looking means waiting with the hopeful expectation of Jesus' return. Every morning we wake up, we ought to have a hope in our life that says, come, Lord Jesus, come. I know you're on your way. Living, see, we're supposed to live with hope. Because he redeemed us. You know what that means? He bought us back. You remember Goma? Hosea's wife? Go out there and sell herself in the holler tree. And God would say every time, go get her back. Now, it's something to go have to pay for your wife. More than once. She already yours, but you got to buy her back. Because she keeps selling herself. We've been bought back. That right there ought to make us give him praise. And it says we're peculiar. I'm closing. It was, yeah, we good time. Quarter to. I'm closing. This is it. Watch. We're peculiar. That first Peter two. I like that scripture. You know, I like that one. A royal priesthood. Good God from Zion. I, I better stop before I go there. Anyway, we're peculiar. That means we're His very own possession. Cause He bought us. We belong to Him. We're his private possession. Private. That means not to be shared with anyone else. It's like, you use this example, I use it all the time. It's like you buy that favorite dessert of yours. Whatever it is. Think about that favorite dessert. Anybody here like dessert? You buy your favorite dessert and you, you put it in the refrigerator. You bought it now. 
Y'all ain't going to talk to me. I'm gonna, but I'm going to say it anyway. And you put it in the refrigerator and you know people's, you know people's tendencies in your house. So you put it in a nondescript bag. When I say nondescript, it means it doesn't say where it came from. Wrap it in a Kroger bag. Make it look like groceries. Hiding it, mother. And you take the gallon of milk and you shift it to the left. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. And you push it up behind the milk. And then you pull the milk right around in front of it. And you step back and you make sure. Oh, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. And you hide it. Because you know folk have a tendency. I ain't talking about you, baby. I live with more people than you know what I'm saying. I, I lived in a house with like six people one time at a time. Had to hide my stuff. Mama, you know, Sister Palmer raising her hand right back there. She know. About six or seven of us in there at a time. You come back and ask who did it and don't nobody know nothing. How in the world are you going to eat my stuff and nobody know nothing? Moving on. Do you remember how you felt? When you got to the Frigidaire, swung the door open, you done poured your milk. Got your spoon. You know what I'm talking about. You're riding home from work saying, oh, Jesus, when I get home. You know it's so good you can taste it. And you open the refrigerator and you move the milk. And your heart just... And that little, that little tear, that little tear. Now y'all making me go over. See, that picture, that's you and God. You're that thing that he loved so much he took and hid it in Jesus he took and hid you in Christ and then the enemy came along and got a hold of what belonged to him See, the way you felt when that thing got missing is the way God feels when you step outside of your purpose. I gave him a son for him. He died for him. And then I took him out of the mess they were in, hit him in Christ, and they still doing that. I didn't save them for that. You're peculiar. You are unique. 
You are distinctive. You are special. So you can't be anything other than that. Why would, why would someone special try to act regular? Why would someone amazing want to be average? Cherie, when I was doing my study, right, I read this, and, 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 and at that moment I read it, I said, oh, my God. And I, I like to say this thing like um, a great Caesar's ghost. I say that all the time. Whenever something hits me, and this hit me, Deacon King started laughing when I said it. To be peculiar, one of the definitions says this, a place exempt from the jurisdiction of the bishop of the diocese in which it is situated. Peculiar is a place exempt from the jurisdiction. Juris, shut. Law. Of the bishop of the diocese in which it is situated. So I thought about this. So that there were dioceses where if there was a peculiar gathering, they would be exempt from the jurisdiction or the rulership of that particular bishop. So I thought about the world. How even though we in it, we're not subject to its jurisdiction. You are exempt. Oh, they're catching this. You don't have to do what they do. You don't have to live the way the world lives. You are exempt. You're here, but you're not under its power. The devil can't tell you what to do no more. So I guess he didn't make us do it. I reckon that we just decided that we were going to do that. You're exempt. Tap your neighbor and say, you're exempt. Exempt means you don't have to participate. I'm talking about. We exempt, bro. You too can. No, we exempt from the world system. We don't have to participate in it. We live here, but we're not governed by here. We're pilgrims and we're just passing through. That's all. That's it. See yourself that way. See, that's what sold out living is all about. Realizing that just because I live on this earth, it doesn't mean that I have to act like the systems of this earth dictates. I don't have to believe the way they believe. I don't have to live the way they live. My marriage can be different. I'm going to raise my kids different. I'm going to handle my money different. I'm going to worship. I ain't going to say nothing's luck. It's a blessing. 
In fact, my vocabulary is different, Warner. I see stuff different. Come on here. Everybody else can be saying, I got hope. Say amen. I got faith. Say amen. I don't see it yet, but I believe you're different. You're different. So here's my encouragement. Let's live like it. Let's be sold out. Remember, it doesn't mean skirts to the flow. But it also don't mean to the skirt up here. Oh, Lord. I'm just saying. We have to have some standards now. It got to be, cer it got to be certain stuff we're not going to do. Certain places we ain't going to go. Certain stuff we're not going to wear. Certain things we're not going to watch. Certain things we're not going to listen to. Why? Because of who we are. Somebody say, I belong to Jesus. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for the word. I pray that we really get it. I thank you for Elder Darian. I thank you for the foundation you laid for the last word in this series. My prayer is, God, that when it's all over, that we have a really clear picture of who you called us to be. These sermons were never meant to beat us down and to make us feel low. But these sermons are a reminder of who we are in Christ. Every now and then, Lord, we need to be reminded of how special we are, how unique we are. We need to be reminded of our calling in you. But I thank you that that's happened today. And if there's, if there's anyone here today who has been living beneath that, that they've been inspired. Inspired to leave where they were and come back to where you called them to be. That's my prayer, God. My prayer is that if someone here has left their calling, left their purpose, their place in the kingdom, they'll come back to me. My prayer is that if someone has been coming to church but their hearts have been far from you, that they'll return to their first love today. My prayer is that if there's someone here in this church who's not saved but they felt a yearning in their heart for the things of God and for the love of Jesus, that they come and give their lives to you today. But most of all, God, I pray for the people of God, the saints of God, that in this time, this world, this age that we live in, that we can still be strong and we can still be assured that you've overcome the world and we can still be confident in our faith and that we won't turn our lights down, but we'll continue to let our lights shine so that men might see our good works and then give you glory. I pray that we'll be an example of godliness and righteousness in the earth, God, in our homes and in our neighborhoods and on our jobs and where we shop and where we do business, God. I thank you, God. 
that we are who we are because of you, God, because we live in you. We are hidden in Christ Jesus, and I thank you for the sacrifice you made in your son. Yes, that grace that brings salvation has been revealed to all men, and that includes us. Teach us to live soberly and justly and godly in this world that we live in. Teach us, Lord, how to love like you love. Teach us how to forgive like you forgave. Teach us how to serve like you serve. Teach us, God, how to give like Jesus gave. Thank you, God, that we are a reflection of your glory in the earth. And when people see us, they see Jesus. When they see us love our wives, they see what it looks like for Christ to love the church. When they see the way we treat our kids, they see the way the Father treats his children. Thank you, God. In all ways, we'll be a reflection of your glory. We love you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask you, if you're not saved,